G'day listeners and welcome to the Keeper League podcast for another week. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Very well mate. We finally saw some football this weekend. <laughs> finally, it's been a lot of time talking and not much action but uh, yeah, footy's back. Were you, uh, were you excited by the prospects or were you a bit disappointed by anyone or what was your overall feel of the weekend? Um, I actually didn't watch every single JLT game, which I think was a good thing. I just had doses every now and then. Yep. Um, but it was actually good to watch uh, the footy. Like um, I watched a bit of my Bombers on the Thursday night and watched a few other teams that I don't mind, like the Bulldogs and, and that kind of thing throughout the week. So, um, yeah, I had a good time watching uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, that's good. Well, we'll go through all the uh, all the matches and what we saw and what we liked and what we didn't like later on the podcast, but we'll get into a bit of breaking news uh, for the week. So, uh, Taylor Adams, case, what does this mean for, uh, I guess, keeper leagues and what players come into contention with him going? Well, I don't th- with the keeper league, I don't think it affects uh, too much because, you know, Taylor Adams is still a gun and he's just, you know, you're going to miss a few months. So You're not going to drop him back to the pool because of this? No, it's not the end of the world. Or I don't think it would affect you too much from a keeper league standing. Yeah. Potentially from a redraft league, you might bump him down your order. But I think we talked about it the other day. Um, between us, I think it's massive for Braden Sire. Yeah, definitely. Um, because he was potentially looking at uh, getting less midfield minutes with um, with Beams coming in. But yep. now Beams just kind of slots into Adams's role. Yeah. Uh, and Sire just continues as he was. With Sire, though, as well, like how often does every midfielder in a, star, in a side stay fit for the whole season? So That's so true. Yeah. A lot it's, of people are worrying about him, but yeah. No, I think he'll be fine and, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens after that. But I think there's room for all of those mids in, in the one team. It's just, you know, what happens. And look, we're still going to learn a lot about the new rules and et cetera in each different team. You know, it takes a, a few weeks and we're predicting what we think. But, you know, we could be well off the mark. Yeah, definitely. All right. We'll uh, talk about uh, Luke Brown, surprisingly. Uh, how does this affect um, our leagues? Your boy. He was uh, one of your hit list players. Nah, but it, um, well, he obviously took a lot of kick-ins last year. So, yeah, um, 40%. I think it was, or yeah. like 38 or something like that. And know? he's out for quite a while. So um, if you have drafted Luke Brown or got him, it probably hurts you for a bit, but he probably gives a bit of value to your, um, you know, Wayne Miller, um, Brody, Brody Smith, obviously, me, he's yeah. the big one. But, yeah. um, you know, whether it's the Seedsman or someone else who floats back to take a few more kick-ins to yeah. make sure it's not always Smith, it might be interesting to see he gets a bit of a bump there. The kick-in was a funny one on the weekend. We saw some teams with a designated kicker, like Melbourne, for example, and then we saw teams uh, kind of just get it going as uh, as soon as we go. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit interesting to see how it, uh, how it all pans out. But Yeah, the other thing on the flip side was when I was um, driving home tonight listening to the radio, um, the 5AA boys are talking about how good um, a defender, a lockdown defender Luke Brown is. Yeah. Now, because he, the Crows lose that, what does that mean one of their, you know, high-scoring defenders, whether it's a Laird, Smith, etc., mean they have to change their game style to become that lockdown defender? Yeah. Or are they bringing someone else in? So, you know... It, even though it could mean a bump, it could also mean a decline for someone, you know, one of yep. those defenders because they have to become more accountable and can't be free running and as creative as they usually are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but they're spewing their delisted Colchini now. He would have been <laughs> straight into that team. <laughs> All right. Uh, last big piece of news, Kay, is uh, Kyle Hooker's out. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, it's devastating <laughs> for my dons, but it shouldn't be affecting anyone's I don't think it's fantasy, fantasy relevant. No. Fantasy relevant at all. It probably just means that... Um, oh, 
who have they got like Matt D or someone like that comes in and um, replaces him. Is he on a list? Is he still on a list? I, I think no so. Yeah, he's still on your list somewhere. But uh, yeah, that's not big news and <laughs> uh, we can move on from that pretty quickly. All right, let's get stuck into the uh, JLT review. Uh, so we're just going to go through every game and just talk about any uh, players that we think stood out or didn't stand out that are relative to our keeper leagues. Radio. So we'll first start off with the Carlton and an Essendon game from uh, Thursday night. Um, I might start off talking about a few Dons players who uh, might be relevant to talk about. So one that was a bit of um, chat in our draft on Friday night was Jordan Ridley, who scored 92. Now, he went pretty big for from what he produced last year, but I just think he comes with a bit of a warning. You know, with JLT, we've got to be a bit cautious of... You know, they're playing bigger squads and, you know, not always the best players are playing. So, you can't get excited a bit early about some of these fringe players. And I think Ridley's one that, yes, he scored very well and he did look very good. But I'm just not too excited about him just yet. Yeah, I think from memory he was rotating with uh, Heppel and Scheel on the night uh, off the bench. So, um, I don't see that happening in the actual season as well. He was kind of like if there's, I guess, if there's 22 spots and they have 27 on the bench, he's kind of one of those uh, last few um, coming into that side. But uh, that said, there's some good signs. Um, so, if he's one that you could get deeper on in a, in a league, which I think he did go deep in our draft, yeah, um, yeah, he could be one to actually have a look at. Mm. Now, the other one is uh, well, that was interesting for me was Zach Clark. He really dominated on the night. He had 104 points um, and just, you know, looked look the goods. Um, but there was another warning with him too. There was no Tommy Bell Chambers, obviously, who's definitely Essendon's first ruck. Yep. And the other thing is he was not playing against Matty Cruiser. He was playing against um, Andrew Phillips and Matt Loby. So he's de- playing against the second stringers of the Blues there. So. That said, this is a ex-waffle ruckman coming up guys who have been on AFL list for a few years now. Mm. Um, so that might have actually been like a bit of a challenge for him. But uh, I do think you're right. With Bell, Bell Chambers in there, it kind of gives us a false impression uh, on those guys as well. And even if he is playing, they're likely to play two Ruckman together, you know, yep. like, um, so, you know, you probably can see that um, that score decrease naturally there. Yep. Uh, the last one that caught my eye from Essendon was Andy McGrath. Now, yep. I was pretty big on him this year, um, you know, stepping up his scoring and potentially getting a bit more ball from the Goddard back line and all that kind of thing. But, geez, he got some midfield minutes and he looked Good half. Yeah, no, I did like him. And that's kind of the one thing, I think I think the main thing I took out of that game was the amount of time he spent in that midfield. And I think this is going to be the year, what I call the uh, transition year. So when he moves, uh, loses his defender status and moves into forward status. So you want to have him in your defence this year. You want to be having a crack at the flag this year, I think, with him in your side. Yep. And if not, he might be one you might want to look at trading out for someone who might be like keep the defender status or, uh, you know, trick someone into thinking he's going to keep his defender status and get a quality, like a better quality mid out of him. Yeah, but for this year, I'm pretty keen on him uh, yeah. as a defender there. No, hey, who'd you so. like from the Blues? Oh, Zach Fisher. It was hard to go past him, really. Yeah, he was real good. Yeah, yeah. So got a lot of uh, got a lot of the pill, a lot of uh, yeah, and a lot of outside pill as well. Pretty fantasy friendly game from uh, from my uh, my viewing. So I did like the look of him. The big one though is uh, Sam Walsh. Though. I think um, you know there was a bit of conjecture whether he should go number one in our draft. Uh, you know, sixteen keepers is yep. at the time he goes, but I don't reckon you would have taken him early enough. He looked that good. He was amazing. You know, from a kid just to step into that and pull out what was it a hundred on the dot like that is just big numbers for your first game yes i know it's jlt but geez you, you just as a keeper league player 
he's someone you want your team for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one you're going to have for a long time, and I reckon he's going to be a fantasy scorer, isn't he? Yeah, one of the best, uh, I guess, champion data ranking points performers in the uh, in the underage stuff. So I can see that translating to good fantasy scores too. Mm. Uh, Will Setterfield was the other one that caught my eye. Well, yeah. another one anyway that caught my eye. Um, played forward a lot, but uh, he got his hands on the ball a lot, especially early. Um, tapered off a bit towards the end, but I think that comes with you know getting back up to speed and match fitness and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I reckon he'll be a handy pickup for some. What do you think? Yeah, he looked really, really good. Um, and he's one that's probably going to slide down a bit, you know, potentially wasn't on many lists last year. So yeah. might be one you can get for a bit of a bargain, but also, you know, people will be taking this into account and might go a bit earlier than uh, he would have, you know, if you, if your draft was, you know, yeah, last week, for definitely. example. Uh, Michael Gibbons was another one that I guess kind of stood out. Only uh, only made um, only scored sixty points. So you know we bang on a bit about VFL scorers and who are good VFL scorers. Now he was one of the best in the VFL. Yep. And uh, he comes out and he pumps out a sixty. But that's mainly because they're looking at playing him like as a small forward by the looks. Mm. And he was pretty handy up there. So he's not going to play in the midfield. So he's not going to score that well. So I think he's one maybe just don't get sucked into um, as coming in. You know a lot of talk about him coming yeah. in. But yeah. And he kicked a few goals. So that obviously bumps his scoring up too, which you yeah. need to be doing as a small forward but yeah. I'll be interested to see him I just want to see one more week of Carlton and see if he does get injected into that midfield in JLT too yeah. he might not but I think it's just one to monitor especially if you're drafting a bit later on yeah definitely um, last one is a bit of left field and uh, is only really um, viable if you own Matthew Cruiser but uh, yeah Matthew Lobie was interesting uh, I think he finished uh, his last few games with an 80 average last year um, only scored 40 but only played 48 minutes so um, he could be interesting if you do need a ruck and you've got Cruiser and you're not sure about his fitness so I reckon he's mm. someone you might want to pick up just get that handcuff going because yeah. um, I think he can be a handy scorer as yeah. a backup. Definitely. Definitely if you've got him, if you've got Cruz, you have to be taking low because, you know, like when he was up and about at Port, when Port were good, he was actually a very, very good scorer. Yeah, like, definitely. Um, Fantasy-wise. So don't write him off just yet. Um, but yeah, I think you need to have Cruz to make a case for him. Yeah, make it. Yeah, valid. All right, let's move on to uh, West Coast versus Geelong. Anyone stand out for you, Case? Yeah, well, obviously you can't go past Dom Sheed. Like he was dominant, absolutely dominant um, then so he's potentially one that might not have been retained because he was one of those you know fringe players fringe players yeah. borderline keepers but geez I know you know not all teams are full strength in JLT but geez yeah. he was bloody good yeah he's just someone I want now after that game <laughs> you got your uh, eyes set up he's got my eyes set up yeah, yeah. Um, one we talked about last week too on the pod was um, Liam Duggan yeah. so um, he probably didn't come on as we thought he would have last year but as a defender, he, for me, actually ticked a lot of boxes. Um, he went at 89% of his efficiency. And I think that, you know, he's going to probably stay in the back line, yes. But he's going to be that pretty consistent 80-odd backman this year. And I okay. think he's going to, as I said, there might be a bit of, um, you know, bad blood on some coaches from him last year. And I think he might slide a bit. So, he's still got plenty of upside. And I'm, I'm quite keen on him going into this year. I'd like to see another week of him in the JLT because I'm not completely convinced he's going to be that 80 scorer but you know the signs on the weekend uh, show that he you know he's on the right track so yep. hopefully he can maintain it the one that for West Coast for me was um, just a bit of a standout was uh, Francis Watson mm. so he's a defender I think he's a rookie listed defender um, but that doesn't really matter these days because they can kind of just play him whenever um, but yeah he looked really good he scored 95 at uh, just over a point a minute um, and he actually went undrafted in our league uh, which is kind of funny because that was on in the background so no one actually <laughs> so saw no him. one was watching that no, game no live no one really watched it so uh, yeah no he went undrafted, but what I liked about him was the uh, the big tackle numbers. Just yeah, a yep. lot of uh, worries about his best twenty two, but it could be someone that you stash for later on. Yeah, definitely. I think that with um, 
West Coast, they seem to have a lot of those, you know, fringe, you know, fringe players that they're hard to find out whether, you know, who might play week to week. So yeah. just one to monitor and, you know, it's hard to see whether he's, what he's going to do, but, you know, that's this time of year where everyone gets a bit of a shot, which is good to see. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, another one that stood out for me, I guess we'll look at a few Geelong players, is uh, Charlie Constable. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon he could be a goal this season. I don't think he played a game last season. He was injured. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he could be a goer um, this season. He uh, scored 90 at just over uh, one point a minute. And if you're wondering where we get these figures from, uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au, we've published them. Where we pulled the uh, data from, there's a few errors, so we've kind of gone through and fixed up a few of them. Uh, yeah, Butters didn't score, uh, you know, two points per game as, as previously stated and a few people pulled us up on so we apologise for that uh, not our fault we swear Hef thinks he did ah, I wish he did but yeah, uh, yeah anyway um, Constable decent uh, I think when he when he did play he was alright in the VFL uh, yeah. average about 80 I think it was he's quite a big body guy yeah. and he, he looks good out there and I think that he'll get a game or two for Geelong this year he yeah, probably should so be too. starting round one on that on that game which is very very exciting yeah. The other one for me was uh, Jordan Clark. So he had a big first half and Geelong rate these guys really, really highly. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit, bit more of a, a bigger body mid from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a uh, question is, will he play, Case? Well, he, he's a genuine halfback flanker and I think with Tui being out probably at the start of the season might actually see him play early. Oh, so he's a halfback flanker. He's a halfback Sorry. flanker, yeah. yeah. So he's uh, he was very, very good and he's a f- defender option in um, fantasy footy. So I think... You know, he'll take a couple of years to fully develop, but he um, he looks the goods early on for sure. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. Yeah, would that, I guess, would that keep someone like someone out of the side or would he have to push someone out of the side? Like, if, if he's kind of taken Tui's spot? Um, well, he'll be it'll obviously depend on how fit when, when, when Tui gets fit. I think yeah. he's not going to start the year. So that's why I was thinking he might be gifted in, you know, um, inverted commas, a game early yeah. until Tui comes back. That he, they might just see how he goes. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they line up because they've probably got a few options that they can run off the halfback flank, Geelong. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, another one. I go, sorry, I guess we'll move on to the uh, North versus uh, St Kilda game. Um, so, Kays, who do you look at uh, in this game? Well, Jamie McMillan was an absolute scoring beast. Uh, he probably never, he'll probably never score 145 points again, <laughs> but Jeezy was doing it all, taking the kick-ins, um, 40 touches to his name, and he went really, really late in our draft. Um, so he might, he potentially was one that might have been a sleeper, but this 145 is going to put him on a lot of people's radars too. Now, you've owned him in the past. Oh. He's kind of like that, what, you know, 70, 80 kind of scorer? I was just about to yeah, talk about him uh, in my previous ownership. Um, yeah, th- watching this actually made me feel sick because I was uh, <laughs> shopping him around in the um, in the preseason. I was talking up uh, his kick-in numbers. I think he was the second most uh, – t- took the second most kick-ins behind Scott Thompson uh, this season. You know, and you didn't keep him. No. You've oh, lost well, the plot. Yeah. Well, 2019 has not, not been the year for the Hoofers already. Well, I was just thinking that, uh, you know – I wasn't 100% sure on how the kick-in rule would play. And we've seen for some teams that it doesn't actually uh, doesn't actually make that much of a difference and it does for others. And I wasn't sure how it would go for uh, for North Melbourne. And yep. I thought, you know, maybe someone like Aaron Hall or someone could actually take a few of those off of him. So I wasn't super sure. But, yeah, he's quite inconsistent. So um, he did actually kind of, I guess, hit form. He would manage to like a few 80s towards the back end of the season. I don't think he turned up or he didn't, only did it once or twice. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so I wasn't super keen on keeping him. But now it kind of seeing that <laughs> makes me feel a bit sick so backfired yeah uh, one to monitor this week though I reckon just see if he can kind of hit those heights again because yeah, that is a, yeah. that's a big score try not to get fooled by that 145 yeah. now LDU Luke Davies Uniac has 
got a bit of press on his game. Everyone's up and about because he actually played good for once instead of playing shit. Yeah. Um, he scored 81 from 60% time on ground. Now, I'm actually not getting excited on him just yet. Yeah. I want more, you know, from someone who was talked up so highly last year and delivered nothing. Yes, he's looking good and yes, he played one good game, but one that swallow doesn't make a summer. And I think no, it that. Doesn't. No, and yeah, I just need a bit more. And especially with how strong Norse. Um, teams looking this year yeah you know he's really gonna have to bust his balls to to start round one so yeah i'm just a bit of warning watch jlt too but don't get too excited just yet yeah one that was really talked up last year and i wasn't really sure why if it was just you know because he was a, a rookie and he was going to play played a few games early and then uh didn't eventuate um so yeah i'm the same as k's i would be just kind of wanting to take another look at him just to make cautious yeah making yeah. sure he's picked in the round one side although you probably won't have a time to do your draft before then but uh yeah yeah we'll have to wait and um, the last guy I want to talk about from North Melbourne is Jonathan, uh, sorry, Jai Simkin. He only managed 46 points. Now, he was one that was talked up. Uh, you know, he's, he was quite a high draft pick as, as being the next wave of mids coming through North Melbourne. The guy had 14 handballs and not one kick. Yeah. That's impossible to do, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Now, I'm just kind of wondering where he's at in terms of the pecking order of the whole North Melbourne team now. If he was one that's kind of was on his way up and then they've thrown in Hall, Tyson, Polak, all these guys. Yeah. I mean, he's just been stopped right down that, you know, like he just becomes the guy that gets it and he feels he has to handball it instead of, you know, taking the onus on himself and kicking the ball. Yeah, the numbers from the weekend aren't too flattering, but the game itself wasn't the best either. Um, he's probably worth another look. In terms of plays coming in, definitely he's in danger, I think. Yeah. Uh, so just be, uh, be wary of that. Monitor again. Um, but yeah, we'll have to. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, that forty-six and fourteen handball is gross. Very gross. All right, for me, uh, I guess Dylan Robertson was uh, good to see. He's kind mm. of back to his own ways. Um, lots of marks across half back, uh, and then yeah, he used the ball really well um, throughout the game too. So I think he's, you know, I know there's worries about his has uh, how where his body's going to hold up, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I think if he can remain healthy, uh, he should be pretty good this season. I didn't really notice him with the haircut. Usually he's got yeah, that kind of... That's I was right. like, who the hell is that guy? And yeah, I was like, oh, it's Dylan Robertson. But yeah. yeah, he looked really good. Good to see him back playing footy. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jack Noon. So this is someone you actually drafted uh, in our draft case. I did. So he has uh, had a solid 75 points and he looked a lot better than he did uh, last year. And he mm-hmm. iced up at the end of the game too. So uh, he had a bit of limited time on ground. Um, so he went at 0.8 points per minute. So I, I don't know. I've just got my fingers crossed for him. If you can kind of snag him a bit later on, I think yeah. he's a decent pick. Yeah. Um, he played a bit forward, which is probably, um, you know, where he's kind of finished the, the season last year. But I was quite impressed. He did actually do a few good things and... Um, Hopefully he can kind of um, you know hold a spot on a wing or something like that come come full season and yeah I reckon he's just you know I was he was one of the ones that I was you know um, had paid as a bit of a sleeper because he had that one bad year where he's been an eighty average you know for most of his career so yeah you know, hopefully he can kind of get back on the track and he and he looked good I'm I'm still keen to see him uh, this week and see what he can deliver but yeah definitely tracking the right way a lot of people are quick to write off those blokes that have that one bad yeah. year but quite often they bounce back yep. um, the, the one for me is uh, Michael Hibbard this year um, yep. lots of so many people wrote him off and uh, I kind of did as well but I don't, I don't know what it, I ended up picking him up in our draft so uh. maybe that was just my deception to uh, <laughs> make other people skip him I'm not sure but initially I wasn't um, initially I wasn't too keen on him or well, I guess we'll talk about Melbourne and stuff later but I wasn't mm. too keen on him um, but then you know when you see them sitting in there in the pool you know what they can do they always become yeah. tempting yeah 
I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, I, I took him, so I can't um, yeah. go against anyone else taking him yeah. either. All right, uh, Jack Loney for me just continued his uh, end of season form from last year, just playing that small forward role. Um, you know, not scoring massively, but getting those kind of mid seventies to low eighties. I think that's what he can do uh, this year. Uh, in the JLT game, he uh, scored seventy four at uh, 0.77 points per minute. So you know, re- pretty decent scoring for the guy. Yeah, I'm not like super super hot on him, but yeah. if you know, you know, when we were talking about this earlier off 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 air, like. When you're taking, when you're doing these deep draft draft pools, and if you know dynasty leagues or this kind of stuff, you know you are looking at players who oh. you don't even know who they are. You know, like and and you're going so deep. So, you know, to pick up someone like Jack Loney, very very deep in a pool, um, who can score you like average seventy each week, seventy yeah. something. You know, it's just handy to have on your list. It's just someone that's good to have there, and you know, bench option potential, state knives in a trade. You know, these kind of players can be worth a bit in a keeper league. Yeah, definitely. You never know what value is going to come from a player somewhere. All right, the last one now was Nick Hind, and uh, he's just someone that I think a lot of people had their eye on, so I thought we'd just mention him. Uh, But I think we shouldn't write him off just yet, but he only scored 31 points. So we'll have to just kind of wait and see if uh, a bit more of him, if he gets another opportunity. At this point, I don't know if he's uh, making the best 22 round one, but uh, I think he's just someone that don't kind of write off just completely. Uh, Just have another look at him. He's divisive for me. I, I didn't have him on my draft list at all because his numbers in the VFL weren't amazing. Okay, and I think he, he'll obviously come in and he might come in and play at St Kilda. Sorry, but I don't think you should expect. You know, I think this is one of the classic, um, yeah, um, salary cap kind of player where yeah, they've penciled him into play. Yeah, but that's a completely different game, and I just don't know whether he's got that massive. Yeah. Se- uh, so massive perhaps ceiling. don't get fooled into him. But uh, let's just take another look at the JLT next week and exactly. see how he goes. One more look. Rightio, the showdown in Port Pirie, uh, the Crows versus the Power. I am loving Tom Dudo every time I watch him play <laughs> footy. He's a great footballer. He only scored 64 from um, 74% game time, but I just really liked his game. And I think the guy that, because he can take um, great intercept marks, he's floating, he uses the ball really well. And the Crows kind of look to, you know, use the ball through him a bit. You know, they've got great ball carriers in their back um, 50. Yeah. I'm really confident on him building up to that 80 average kind of defender, a really yeah. reliable one. Um, yes, he might not be, um, you know, a high, you know, your D1 to 3, but I think he's going to be the guy that's very consistently going to be knocking out your 70s to 80s and not really anything low. So yeah. everything I saw on, on the weekend, I liked. For me, like seventy four percent game time isn't is only a touch below the standard. Usually, players are around eighty, mm. so it's not. I don't think it's like going to be a huge. I don't think that's a huge factor. I think the sixty four is kind of where he would be at for that uh, that amount of game time. And uh, I, I can't see the eighties coming from him, but um, I reckon he can average. A, I reckon mid seventies definitely. I reckon eighties. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll have fight. To wait and see. Yeah, put a um, bet on it. <laughs> the other crow uh, who was quite handy, I thought, was Riley Knight. He scored fifty off sixty percent game time. I just really liked the way he went about it, and I think uh, his game on the weekend just kind of locked him into their best twenty-two for this yeah. year. And I think he's got one that he can he can build towards bigger scores. Uh, he runs really hard. He uses the ball pretty well, and he kind of provides a bit of grunt around the around the footy. So. I'm just, uh, I was a bit iffy on him, whether he'd be 100% best 22, but I just like the look of him and I think he'll be locked into their round one side. Yeah, he looked good, but for me, I just would like to see him win a bit more of his own pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's uh, 
generally relies on other people and he, yeah, he doesn't kind of get those numbers that others do from actually winning the ball um, as much. So he loses kind of a few points there. But yeah, I did think he looked good and I think he will be in their best 22 this season. And again, we're looking down deep in drafts. Um, yep. He's definitely not going to be the worst player you pick up. So yeah, get on him. Definitely not. Just a warning player. Uh, one of my players for tonight is uh, Chase Jones. He yep. scored 46 off 35% game time, which is um, pretty damn good. Yeah. There's been a lot of, you know, excitement about him because he, you know, scored well in a short amount of time. But I think you just need to relax. Yeah. Uh, the Crows are ones that don't tend to blood youngsters very early. They, you know, give him a lot of time to develop in the SANFL. I'm not saying this kid isn't going to be an absolute gun. So, if you're in your dynasty leagues and stuff, I'd be keen on him early. But in your keeper leagues, just don't get too excited for season 2019. I think he's going to be an absolute jet. Yeah. But just hold your horses for a bit. Yeah, that said, the Crows don't often have this many uh, top 10 draft picks. Yeah, that is true. First round draft picks. So that might be a, uh, a little bit why they uh, hold off players. But um, yeah, like, I don't mind him. Um, and again, I think you could pick up much, much worse. But yeah, we'll just, I reckon definitely wait another week to see where he goes. Yep. Hef, who did you like from Port? Uh, not too many. I felt like we didn't really try too much in that game. And the uh, game plan still... hot. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. And the game plan still isn't fantasy friendly by the looks uh, because I think no one turned up. And uh, I think... We had Butters get uh, 93, who we're going to talk about next, and then mm. there wasn't a lot below him. But anyway, um, so yeah, Butters scored 93, but I really like the look of him. Um, 93 points from uh, 70 minutes. That's going at 1.33 points per minute, which is pretty handy. You know, you play you play the full 120 minutes, you're getting your, your 160s from that, mm. which is pretty unlikely. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's a good starting point to actually have a look at how he can score. He was definitely the most impressive of all those new draftees you had. Yeah, you know, you're like, um, you know, well, I've got time for dirt. He, you know, was a lot better than him, I thought. It's funny because they were talking all of them up and he was, he was probably talked up the least. Yeah, but he then was. He yeah. was the most impressive on the day. Yeah, it's funny how that is. Um, and your last player from Port? Oh, sorry, just back on Butters. I so, do think he's uh, best 22 as well. So, oh, yeah. Because so of think, the speed? Or? I just think, oh, yeah, well, we lack outside speed, I think, as well. But I think just all three of those guys have been brought into play right. straight up. And I think Ken Hinckley has got it in his head that he wants to kind of be brave, as he always says, and uh, wants to blood him straight away. One off-the-cuff player, uh, Sam Mays. How did you see him? Um, I can't remember a lot about his game. Where was he playing across halfback? Wasn't yeah, he? he played a bit on the wing too. No, the wing, I actually that's didn't, right. actually I didn't mind now, yeah. him a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah, just off topic, but I thought he was quite handy. No, I remember now. Yeah, did a few good things. I don't know how he'd go from a fantasy perspective, but mm. uh, and I don't know if he's in our best 22, but there was a few things that he did I liked. A few uh, yeah, nice loose ball gets on the wing and a few good deliveries inside 50. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't mind the uh, don't mind looking at him from a fantasy prospect, though. I'm not sure if he's someone to look at, but again, you could pick up much, much worse in a keeper league. That's true. <laughs> uh, the last one for me just to have a look at was Ryan Burton. So, a lot of people keeping a close eye on him uh, throughout the preseason. Took a few kick-ins, which was uh, nice to see. Um, but he scored 64, which doesn't look impressive. But if you look at his points per minute, uh, 0.87. So, I guess for a defender in that kind of heat where a lot of the port players aren't playing, they spent uh, pretty much half a game without getting their hands on the pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uh, it's not too bad, I think. So, Burton, if you've got him, uh, don't be uh, disheartened by that performance. I reckon we take another look at him because like I've seen all preseason, I've watched all the intra-clubs and the trials and stuff like that. He looked low one week, higher the next, a bit lower this week, and then you know who knows what's going to happen next. So bit of a yo-yo. Yeah, pretty much. So keep keep your eye on him. Rightio, we'll move into the JWS Sydney game. It was hard not to be impressed by Brett Delidio's stats. He scored 71 points in 41% time on ground. Like, is this guy back or what? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. I don't know how we're going to go because I don't think there's a lot of um, – 
Gold Coast, uh, sorry, GWS's midfielders that weren't out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he just kind of pinch hit to see how we'd go. And Sydney didn't look super crash hot either. So one that I'm definitely not going to get too excited over. But uh, yeah, I do like the look of him. And again, he's kind of one if you're uh, pushing for a flag in your yeah. league and you don't really care about the future prospects, then get on board. The thing that's hurt Brad Delidio's value over the last two or three seasons is his actual fitness, like he's been injured all the time. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's fantastic that this time of year he's actually fit and firing. Yeah. And, you know, when he's fit, he scores. You know, even the last few years when he's only played a few games, the games yeah. he has played, he's gone big. And he's one of those guys that can potentially win you a flag when it comes to the, the party time of this year. Yeah, definitely. I think five years ago was his last kind of full season uninjured, unharmed, and I think he averaged 100. Mm-hmm. So, I know, you know, it's a bit uh, it's a bit different uh, now. He's a bit older and kind of on his way out. But I think he's hungry too. Yeah. I think he wants success. And I, I don't know, I really like the look of GWS this season if I reckon they're a bit of a I don't know if it's a smoky but I reckon they're a good chance of the flag so um, they're going to be pretty hungry this year and they've got a few guys I reckon on the way out or getting on a bit and they're going to go have a real crack so I think Lids is going to play a big part in that ready to cash in definitely so from one end to the other we're looking at Jackson Haightley and Jai Caldwell so Haightley had 76 and Caldwell 81 geez they were impressive I really like the look of these two guys and made me really excited well I'm just still a bit concerned not about their ability or whatever it's just where they fit into GWS's uh, team because as we said you know Callum Ward hardly played Josh Kelly wasn't playing you know a few of their guns weren't yeah. out there yes they scored well in their short amount of time but they were giving a, they were given a lot more um, opportunity that they probably won't get once the season starts I don't think yeah I think Dylan Shields departure is going to be really good for one of them and my kind of gut feel is it's going to be Jai Codwell. I think okay. he's the one that's going to jump straight into that midfield. He looked really classy. He looked like he could just hold his own. Apparently, I've heard this on the commentary, he is a underage boxing champion or something like that. So, a real tough unit. I'm pretty sure pretty this is all biased because you picked up Codwell <laughs> in our draft and now he's the big, biggest, best thing. Sorry, best thing since sliced bread. No, I, I, that said, I did pick him up and I'm a big... Uh, and, I, you know, I wasn't expecting this from him, but what I saw, I really, really liked. Yeah. Hately, though, as well, I didn't actually realise how big he was. Yeah. Big dude. Really? Playing, he's been playing yeah, I league know, footy. I don't know. I, Why you know, did you not listen to me for the last two months? Just because they're pod. playing league footy. Look at Rankin who played league footy. Yeah. doesn't mean he's big. Look at Lukosius who's still a stick figure. Yeah, true. Um, I guess Hayley, like really tall. And I guess being a midfielder as well, and I don't know the the tall midfielder is the flavour of the month in the AFL, but yeah, he's a big dude, a really tall guy and yeah. quite solid and held his own really well. His composure as well. Like I think He kicked a really good goal from I think about 40 out that, mm-hmm. you know, straight through the middle, just slotted it. I think both of these guys, when you think of some of the... I guess the fringe players at uh, at GWS they really could jump in step in and replace them um, yes and 100% agree I'm just not keen on them pulling out big scores oh like yeah did. of course yeah, that's, all yeah. My, that's all my warning is yeah. now, maybe not this season but uh, oh, oh. look like someone like Coldwell especially if he plays that inside mid role for him like I wouldn't be surprised to see like you know a 70 to 80 kind of average in their first year something like uh, Clayton Oliver you know did in his first year that's a big call oh, well, you know if you're playing midfield every week and you, you've cemented your spot I don't think it's that big a call um, if you're around the pill all the time mm. be a bigger call if I said he was going to turn up every week but uh, you could say that if you're ballsy <laughs> oh Come he's going he's going to turn up every week I'm sorry right, now, that's that's a hot dra- now that I've drafted yeah. <laughs> All right. Who, who caught your eye from Sydney? Uh, Callum Mills is, I guess, one we should talk about just because uh, we have spoken about him on the pod earlier in the season, on the preseason. Uh, yeah, 83, scored from um, 86 minutes on ground. What I really liked about this, and this was a bit of a prediction, I guess, for me, and oh, it's, it's pretty common knowledge. I think most people thought it, but stepping into that midfield, he attended a game-high 15 centre bounces. So I don't think we need to fear too much him going into defence. Yes, 
there is a chance, but he is actually a better midfielder than he is a defender. I think the kind of defender experience, uh, experiment was to get him into the side, yeah. you know, get a few games into him early and then to move him in later on. What do you think, Case? Um, well, if he's playing center, if he's uh, attending that kind of center bounce numbers as a defender, I think he's got to go into any startup keeper league side. Yeah, definitely. You know, yes, he might lose his um, defender status, but for this one year, he might be super, super hot and a great player to have in your team back there. Yep, definitely. Uh, the other guy I had a look at was uh, Jordan Dawson. Uh, had seventy five, so seventy five points, not massive, mm-hmm. uh, but good to see him like kind of work into an AFL match a little bit more. And I guess I know it was only um, it was only JLT, but last year we saw him really struggle at the level. So mm-hmm. to actually get something you know above fifty, uh, I thought was kind of impressive. We know this guy was a really impressive NEFL numbers, and we know what we think about the NEFL. Yeah, but just got to remember that Tom Mitchell was once upon a time a not best twenty two player, scoring bigger than NEFL. So. Another guy that I think got drafted by the Hoofers. Yeah, I'm talking a bit of bias, you're right. Yep. Uh, it's apologies to all listeners. This is uh, <laughs> this has got to stop. Uh, Brisbane Hawthorne. So one of the recycled players up there at Brisbane who looked pretty good to me was Lincoln McCarthy. Had 97. I'm just wondering, could this guy actually be fantasy relevant? I, I honestly don't know. He had a great debut for the new club. Yeah. He's one I need to watch in JLT too before yeah. I can get too excited about. No, I'm exactly the same. Uh, yeah, McCarthy was a bit of a favourite in our league. We kind of watched him uh, closely. I think one of the players in our league absolutely loved him and always banged on about him. So yeah. we kind of tracked his, proce- uh, tra- tracked his uh, progress closely. Um, yeah, at a new club, uh, always a chance. But again, I'm exactly the same as Kay's. I want to wait one more week and see what he does in the second week. Yep. Um, one we talked about in our Brisbane pod was Zach Bailey. Um, I kind of had, had him pegged as someone who might be blossoming uh, next year. And from what I saw, he had, he had 70 uh, on the weekend. And I still am very happy with my 2020 focus with Zach Bailey. I think, um, you know, it wasn't a huge amount of, it wasn't a huge score for uh, for as much time as he had on that on the ground that day. So, yep. but I think he's tracking nicely. So, yeah. He'd be someone I'd be looking to take late and yeah. just and working towards next year. I think yeah. he's tracking nicely on, on the on the timeline I set out for him. He was someone that I was thinking of. Um, yeah, if you've got a deeper league and you could stash, he'd definitely be one to have a look at. Mm-hmm. And just one for startup keeper leagues, Alex Witherden. He looked amazing. Yeah. Um, 78 out of uh, 63% time on ground. Yeah. Never going to lose his defender status. We'll be kicking in. He is just uh, lock, 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 lock if yeah. you're starting up a keeper league. Absolutely no chance of getting him in your existing keeper league. Uh, no. But, yeah. I, but there's a lot of new drafts, start, yeah, new yeah, leagues yeah, starting yeah. up, and these are the guys you need to be nailing For early. me, he's probably as high as your third picked, like third ranked defender. I think that's where I ranked him anyway. Um, yep. Yeah, you've got to grab this guy early. Yep. All right, Kays, uh, one of your boys here, James Finally, Cousins. Finally, yes. Yeah. So we had 111, old Jimmy Cousins. Uh, is he the guy who's going to replace Tom Mitchell? He's a genuine inside mid, and uh, no one else really at Hawthorne does the same type of job, plays mm. that same type of role. Yep. There was a lot of mids missing, so yep. there will be some points taken off him, but I did like the look of him, Kay. He's a good selection. I, yeah, that's, um, you know, when it got to me in the draft, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, he has some great VFL numbers last year. Yep. There was that talk and hype about him, uh, you know, on AFL.com and that kind of thing. Harry Jones is another one who yeah. kind of delivered from that talk as well. And I think, but I think Cousins is the one who's likely to potentially, you know, to, to step into that role. Obviously, I'd like to see JLT too before I get super excited about him, but he's tracking the right way. Unlike my boy, Harry Morrison, who um, unfortunately <laughs> had a bit of a stinker. So Yeah, I wanted to leave him out the pot this pod, but uh, still no, didn't get a chance I had to, to bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last one from this game for me was the uh, Warpedo. Um, he scored 84. 
So not huge, especially in a side that you are, I guess they're missing a lot of midfielders, so you expect him to step up. And he did have a good start and tape it off. He spent a bit of time on the bench uh, at one stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not huge. But what I did like about his game, and that's his tackle numbers. There was a large number of tackles. Mm-hmm. I think it was around eight tackles yeah um so that that kind, those kind of numbers don't go away uh you know when other side when other good players come into the side blokes can still chase other guys down run them down that sort of stuff doesn't so go true. away yeah so i think that is going to be a massive part of his scoring this season those tackle numbers mm-hmm. um so yeah and with that dpp as a forward i don't think you know high 70s low 80s is out of the question for warple yeah so um he's going to be real handy as a forward this season yeah uh Happy with Warple. He's tracking beautifully. Yep. Uh, Richmond, Melbourne. So, I'll start off. And Bashar Hooley, 106. The guy's back. Yeah. He was written off by a few pundits in the preseason after a bit of an injury affected 2018. But, uh, look, if he's been somehow delisted like he was in our league. He was available in our pool. Yeah. yeah. He went before we got our picks. Uh, but... Look, if someone's dropped him after a bad season and a bit of age, I think he's back, especially as someone targeting a flag. He looked the goods. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm still concerned about, I guess, the body and, you know, he's aging a bit and definitely, yeah, not one that you'd want to, you know, invest too much in the future of. But, yeah, if you need some, if he's available, which is highly likely, well, it depends when your keepers are lodged. He might not be after last weekend, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one to have a look at. And his halfback flank buddy, Jaden Short, who I called, is going to be the next big thing in... Uh, defender ranks in ultimate footy. Yep. He looked the goods, 96, and yeah. I think I'm right. Yeah, well, you did look okay. We've got to remember that, yeah, there was a lot of players for uh, Richmond missing as well. But, uh, yeah, we can, uh, I guess, I, yeah, like I said, he did it. He kind of performed exactly the way we thought he would during well, the preseason. You know, so. And Hooley and Short coexisting. Yeah, know, true. In the but same that was team, a big talking scoring. point, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So that's great to see. Yeah. Um, one warning is Noah Bolter. He had yeah. 98, and there's been all these articles written about him, you know, with the, the great pun of, you know, the next Bolter or some uh. shit like that. But relax. I'm finding that so funny. Just <laughs> relax. He's not going to crack the Richmond side. Now, with Tom Lynch, uh, Jack Rewalt coming into that side, they didn't play on the weekend, did they? Uh, I don't think they did. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be uh, He's going to be too far. There is. There has been actually talk that they might play all three of them. Uh, people looking at West Coast kind of formula from last year, yep. playing a few more times. And that, I think Richmond, they're only having the one key tall and that mm. mosquito fleet kind of found them out in the end uh, not having a plan B so that could be something that they might be mm. trialling but there's playing and then there's scoring oh, yeah, no, 96 scoring. you know like you know so <laughs> he's not doing that so just keep a lid on it Richmond fans yeah um, but one you can take the lid off for is uh, Jackie Higgins had 87 uh, looked very impressive to me and I think Jeez, I'd like to watch one more game to see how far he's gotten in that preseason. Yeah. But you know, if you're if you're talking a keeper league, is one that's got to be right up there. You know, because of his pedigree. Yeah, no, we all know about his uh, his fantasy background, um, and yeah, a lot of people uh, talk that up, including us. So we're going to stick with that, I think, and have a look for another week. But I reckon he's going to be uh, the goods eventually. And you had Brown and Ellis down here too for the Tigers. Uh, well, yeah, mainly as a, um, I guess, a bit of a steer clear. And avoid. I just, I just didn't like what I saw. He, so he offered absolutely nothing and he played on the wing. So I guess mm-hmm. that's a fantasy-friendly role. And he still couldn't score. So, you know, if I've got him, I'd probably look to trade him. You might be able to get something from him as a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if he's available, I don't know how you'd go, where you'd pick him up even. He's, uh, he's a bit, like, you'd definitely pick him up at some stage, but I don't know where he'd go because I think he slides a bit. Mm, interesting because I had him going the other way but yeah I, I want to see him another week just yeah. to see where I, yeah, exactly. where I stand on that call 
Yeah. Who'd you like from the D's? Uh, big one for me, which we talked about pre-season and because of his role across half forward, uh, half back, sorry. And, uh, you know, the losing forward status last year was Bailey Fritch. Um, so he looked really good across half back. And mm-hmm. we kind of noted that in the uh, pre-season trial match that they played, he was best on ground by, you know, yeah. The length of uh, the Flemington Strait, so uh, we uh, we kind of noted that, and then it was actually good to see him back that up in the JLT game, um, pump out a hundred, um, get on board, I reckon, and just pray for the DPP. Yeah, no, he's been good, and and as we've said with McLuggage and a couple of those guys, other guys, sorry, who lost their DPP. You know, it just kind of makes them a sleeper a bit later on. Yeah. You know, if they don't get it, no, that's you know that's what happens. But yeah. at the same time, they're still good players, whether they're DPP or not. Him losing forward status is actually a, a bit of a blessing for the good, experienced fantasy coaches out mm-hmm. there, and the guys that might, you know, the guys that don't pay as much attention might not be looking at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I reckon exactly. it's a bit of a blessing there. All right, and uh, the next one is uh, Marty Hoare. So uh, yeah, a lot of people been talking about him. Uh, you know, about the number of kick-ins he took, but mm-hmm. he only scored 54. So um, it's not that impressive. But what this tells me is that Melbourne might just be a side that uh, might not actually use a designated kick. They might just use whoever's closest to the pill uh, to get the ball moving. So this could be someone good for like, like Stephen May. Yep. So I guess that is kind of like a designated kicker because they're going to be, you know, kicking out all the time. But it's more about he's just the deepest man of defence. They he's don't want to, yeah, yeah, and they don't want to push people deep so they can get the ball moving backwards the mm-hmm. other day. So someone like Stephen May or their kind of key defenders might be their designated kicker. Because they're I deep think. on the line. Exactly, yeah. 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 So I think that might be might be something we might see from Melbourne. And I guess every side, I reckon, has been a little bit different from each other. There's some mm-hmm. that opt for the designated kicker or some that kind of use it quite frequently. Yeah. And then there's others that just kind of get it and get going. So we'll have to mm-hmm. wait and see. But uh, yeah, I think this probably says more about the way that uh, Melbourne are going to do their kickouts more than we care about uh, Hall's uh, score. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of monitor the way they use the ball coming out of defence. Right, now on to Gold Coast, Western Bulldogs. So Benny Ainsworth, 74 from 57% time on ground. He looks an absolute star. Third year breakout, uh, forward status this year in fantasy. Uh, to be honest, if, you've, if you're in a keeper league, he's a, a lock and load for me. Yeah, I think he went about mid-round in our draft, and I thought that was a very, very good selection uh, by the bloke who got him. So, uh, yeah, definitely I'm the same with UKs. I think he's good. There's going to be a lot of Gold Coast guys that uh, are going to struggle to score at some stage, yeah. but I reckon he's kind of on the upper side of those Gold Coast players. Big time. None of the Gold Coast players scored over 100, which is a bit concerning yeah. that they're not getting those numbers. But, you know, if you're talking about, you know, you just got to have your expectations of what they can be scoring. And, and one guy that I drafted in our draft and I actually really like the look of watching the other night was Darcy McPherson had yep. 71 from 60% time on ground I thought it was really impressive he did some really good um, you know tough things you know put his body on the line his disposal efficiency wasn't great I don't think but he kicked a couple goals and did the right things and I think he's tracking really nicely as I talked about um, on our article that went up last week he's got some really good um, you know scoring pedigree pedigree from the the knee for now he's one i'm pretty keen on this year yeah no i think he he looked all right i would like to see probably one more game out of him yeah but uh yeah definitely tracking the right direction so yeah good pick up on that one case looks best 22 for me yeah not it'll, hard at gold coast though. no it's true uh looks uh remi- it would be remiss of me to not talk about my man jack bows yeah uh yep. 63 for him from 65 percent uh time on ground yeah pretty low he had a really good first quarter and dropped off a bit throughout the game yeah um the commentators just kept talking about how big and you know how big he looked, how big his body was, how yep. much he matured, and I think that's really good. 
they ran him through the midfield early on, and I think that's where he's going to start yeah, you know, playing. And I think as a defender in ultimate footy especially, um, he's definitely one I'm still keen on. Yep, and uh, good hair too. So. Great hair. But was, I think... Um, even <laughs> in the hot Mackay conditions, it was yeah. still looking lovely. You could not fault it. Um, but yeah, I think the, the kind of size, the mass he's kind of put on is indication that, uh, no pun intended, but he's going to do a lot of heavy lifting for that uh, Gold Coast midfield this year. Um, and like lastly, so we're talking about, you know, new players and we warned you of this in the preseason that Isaac Rankin is not a fantasy scorer. Yeah. He only scored 22. Yes, he kicked the first goal of the game and it was a great goal, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. But he's never been a high scorer, so just relax. Same yep. with Jack Lacocious. As he said, yes, he's going to be a gun. These guys are going to be absolute fantastic footballers. Yeah. But right now, they're not fantasy footballers. I copped a bit of sticker in another league saying that I, that I don't rank... Like, this guy wanted to take ranking at pick two in the draft mm. um, in a dynasty league and I just said, no, do not do it. Avoid, avoid, avoid. And then everyone in the kind of chat came at me saying that, uh, you know, I was wrong and they wouldn't have picked him up if he wasn't going to be a decent player and rah, 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 rah. So just for those guys, just take note of this. <laughs> Look, they're both going to be guns and, you know, one day they might be good scorers. Rankin might be, you know, get unleashed in the midfield at some stage, but it won't be for a year or two. So just yeah, hold fire, guys. Definitely. All right. Uh, for me, Case, uh, this is, there's a bit of bad news for you in this and these next few players. Yeah. Okay? So <laughs> I want to see how you kind of uh, go under the pressure here. So the first one I want to talk about is Liver. All mm. right. Scored 102. He yep. looked pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty sure on last week's pod, I ate, I'm eating my words already saying that Liver might not be best 22 yeah. there. And geez, he looked. Good. I wasn't actually going to bring that up, but I'm happy to accept my mistakes. He looked good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for me, I know I, I said this last week, the dogs need a ball winner. I yeah. think they need someone out the middle to do the grunt work for him. He went to 15 center bounces. Mm-hmm. So this is really, really bad news for Dunkley, yeah. who played for 106 minutes and only mm-hmm. scored 60 and mm-hmm. barely looked like going in the midfield. Yeah. Looks like he might be sent forward this season, Case. All right. I'm worried. I was never actually sold on Dunkley being this 100 average forward again. I was. I put him, I think, ranked three in our four rankings. Well, I think I probably got him up there high too, but he was one that didn't surprise me if he dropped off. Yeah. um, Because I was watching him early on the season when he was playing as their, you know, basically their full forward and I see what was on that end of the spectrum. I pray to God that they just put Libra in the guts a lot you know, because Gold Coast a weaker, he needed to get a proper run under his belt for not playing for 12 months. Did yeah, they yeah. just put Liver in the guts a bit more this game just to give him a proper blowout? I'm not sure. We've got to remember we're playing a keeper league here. Mm. And Dunkley is going to be a good scorer in the future, I feel. I don't think yep. he's going to be stuck up forward for the, his whole career. No. Um, Otherwise, so, he'll go somewhere else yeah, and play exactly. midfield so, at most other teams. Yeah. So, I wouldn't stress too much, but maybe just for this year, if Liver stays fit, it could affect... I'm just saying, I just don't think we'll see the, the heights that he reached at the end of last season. Yeah, I've call. got no, I don't think he'll have any trouble being an 80 average forward or something like that. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to be huge this year. But, you know, it's one JLT. We, we're probably re- overreacting. We'll wait and see. We'll see what happens next uh, next week and see how that Libba, Dunkley, McLean balance, I suppose, comes up. Yep. Uh, little Caleb Daniel scored yeah. a 92 and uh, we kind of continued on the form on the back end of his last season. Mm. Um, spent a fair bit of time down back, but it doesn't really matter because he's already a uh, centre forward DPP. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I still think he could be a real handy pickup if he's available, especially as a forward. So. Yeah, he impressed me back there on, on the weekend. He was very good. Yep, he was, uh, yeah, good to watch. All right, and uh, I've been saving this one for last in mm-hmm. this game, guys. Tim English. Now, yeah. you went into uh, you went into this season with one Sol Ruckman mm-hmm. and on your keepers, and who mm-hmm. was that person? It was Timothy English. Oh, oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he scored 59 from 115 minutes mm-hmm. and was absolutely uh, monstered by wits in the ruck. Yeah. There's no way for me he is Western Bulldogs' number one ruck, considering some of the big fellas that are going around in the league at the moment. Um, he is going to get uh, – I think he's going to get run over. Like, he's a, he's a very good athlete and he's good around the ground. He's good in that respect, but he's not going to get any hit outs for you this year. And with rucks just being able to take the, take the ball out the middle now, mm. um, I think he might struggle a bit, Case. Yeah, I am regretting not keeping Scotty Lysa as backup at the moment in my team. But, but you know what I like, Case? You back your players in. I backed him in. And look, I to be honest, I've, I was saying this to one of the other guys the other day, like, if you don't have one of the best Ruckman in the competition, yeah, yeah. it doesn't actually matter because, you know, most Ruckman score around that 70. So, if yeah. English – I can't see where English isn't not playing this year because no. they, they need to play him, but he'll probably be sharing the Ruck duties with Trengove. Yep, Fair agree. enough. So, if – end of the day, I know it's shit and I've uh, backed him in to go to the next level, but if he's playing every week and scoring me 60 or 70 or whatever, I can handle that. Yep. But if he's getting dropped and not playing, that's when it's it's – bad so yeah look you know in hindsight probably should have kept Lysa in hindsight probably went a bit early on English yeah but saying that Jade which is a very good Ruckman and a very experienced Ruckman so it'll be interesting to see I'm not sure who the Bulldogs are playing this week in JLT but just see how he goes against someone uh, someone else well I've got a uh, five Ruckman on my list Kate so come see me if you need one that's right mate I've got West Coast <laughs> number one Ruckman at- Nathan Vardy is back up, so, you know, oh. we're going well. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the uh, Fremantle versus Collingwood yeah. uh, game. So, Kays, who were the Fremantle boys that I, uh, impressed you? I really enjoyed watching this game last night, actually. Um, Monday Night Football, can't go wrong. Yeah, one guy that um, obviously stands out from, you know, Darcy Tucker. Where's he come from, you know? I, yeah. I've owned him previously. He's just been a genuine 60 midfielder. Now, he scored 103 and he was running with um, Dame Beams and uh, still side bottom last night. So, Ross Lyon is obviously playing him as the tagger this year. He scored well last night, but the taggers, I don't, I can't see him scoring 100 every week as a run with player. Yeah, you know? no, neither. Yeah, he got lots of numbers from tackles, which is fantastic because yeah. that's uh, a big scoring point, yeah. uh, obviously. But... I would like to see him next week and see one if the role remains the same and yep. two whether he can hit those heights again. I think taggers that are in the lower lower clubs do go a little bit better because they're kind of spending more time trying to get like you know the team doesn't have the ball as much so they're actually tackling and doing a few more things a bit more often. Mm-hmm. But that said, nothing that you can really rely on. So yeah, yeah definitely have a look. And see wait, next wait week. and see. Yep. Now Brett Bewley was one that we had a bit of chat about earlier on. Now yep. as a good um, mature age score in the VFL, he scored fifty seven from only thirty nine percent time on ground, which um, is very very nice signs for him. Uh, whether he can you know keep his spot in the side for round one or so I'd like I'd like to see hopefully he gets a bit more game time this week in JLT too and see if he can score very well but obviously that the fact that you're scoring 57 from you know 39% shows that yes the guy can rack the ball up yeah someone we identified in our uh, top 20 fantasy draftees for this mm. year and uh, you know it's a bit of a no-brainer being a mature age uh, player but yep. uh, I think he can go well and a couple of the guys we pegged as getting some locking new midfield minutes yep were Adam Chara he yep. had 47 points and was quite disappointing. Yeah. On the flip side, uh, Angus Brayshaw, sorry, Andrew Brayshaw had 89 and looked an absolute jet. Now, Chera looked a bit lost out there. He did some really dumb things yeah, at some stage. Was ve- so, yeah. From the games I saw last year to what he played yeah. last night, it was chalk and cheese a bit. So, yeah. 
I'm not going to write him off just yep, yet. I want to see how he goes next week. And obviously, I'll give him a few weeks yep. uh, come, the, come the start of the round. But if you're going, all right, you've got the choice of those two standing in front of you, oh, Brayshaw every other week. No, and it probably, no but it was probably all, always that. Yeah. But that was just reaffirmed that yeah. last night. No, I think Brayshaw is going to be an absolute star. And again, he might not be that uh, 100 plus uh, average of this year, but I think he is going to be in the future. So hold on to that bloke. Mm. Who looked good from the pies? Uh, Josh Thomas impressed me. 95 points from 95 minutes. And uh, just the fact that Collingwood, I guess, held on to him through the whole uh, drug saga means he must uh, must be able to play, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, where his role is as a, as a forward, I guess we have to kind of wait and see. But, you know, with someone like Daniel Wells going out of the side and things like that, you know, I never mm-hmm. really played anyway. But uh, I guess they're going to be looking for the for the next type of forwards um, that can come in for the for the side. So, uh, yeah, I reckon he's definitely one to monitor, especially, yeah, just because the, the raps Collingwood have on him. He must be a right if they're willing to go through all that shit with him. Yeah, he looked very, very good to me. Yeah. Um, and the last player have? Yeah, Quainer was someone that uh, was talked up a bit in the uh, preseason. A lot yeah. of people saying he's going to come straight back into the uh, sorry straight into the Collingwood mm. side, provide a bit of run off the half back line. He just really looked out of his depth to me. Um, yep. Yeah, looked a bit scared of the ball at times. Um, made a few silly mistakes. I just don't th- think he's quite at AFL level yet. But again, we're playing keeper leagues. I just don't see where he fits in at uh, Collingwood at full strength. So more of a stash for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, probably not someone you expect to go big next season. Doesn't surprise me because. You know, you know, we've looked at all these guys' underage numbers a fair bit, and he wasn't one that was standing out a, a whole heap. Yeah. There's all, you know, all it takes is one article in today's society, Pretty and everyone's got some down. high raps on him. But yeah, look, we're playing keeper legs, give the guy some time. But uh, yeah, as he said, don't expect too much just yet. All right, that wraps up the JLT matches for the week. So hopefully there was a few players in there that uh, caught your eye and then we uh, talked about them on the podcast. But if there's anyone else you want to kind of chat about, uh, get in touch with us on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod um, on both Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, we'd be more than happy to take a look at a few players. All right, let's uh, move on to our Patreon subscribers uh, for the week. Now, just on the Patreon stuff, um, so the Patreon, for those who don't know, um, basically you can pledge um, $2 or more to our uh, podcast and uh, to help support us. And in return, we gave give you guys a heap of premium resources and uh, a few mini episodes and extra content and things like that. Now, on Friday, Kays, we, uh, we recorded live from our draft. So that included a few uh, interviews with uh, coaches, um, the commissioner of our league it had a live first round that we announced our picks and uh, pip, uh, pinned up cutouts of our, uh, our our pick on a big cutout player and had a photo with him um, yep. we might tweet out a few of those photos uh, uh, eventually but we uh, yeah also recorded it and uh, yeah over the night as the night goes on I get progressively uh, drunker and drunker and uh, yeah so if you want to um, and Hef's uh Drafting ability gets shitter and shitter too. <laughs> and my draft got worse and worse as we went on. So if you want to have a good laugh, um, we've got about, I think it'll be, end up being about 45 minutes worth of uh, worth of audio from that draft. Um, so sign up to our Patreon page if you want to hear all of that rubbish because yep. it's uh, it's good fun. All right. We'll as teach always, you how not to draft drunk, basically. <laughs> teach you how to pick up lots of good young players, uh, but yeah, guys, I might not play. <laughs> anyway, our Patreons this week, we'd like to thank Thomas Mania. PJ Sam, Luke Demetrio, Bray McConnell, Hamish Binney, Cameron Nelson, Brent Costello, Adrian Street, Ben Leach and Matt Tarrant. Just on Matt Tarrant, uh, he's actually a, a good mate of mine, but uh, he's got a show at the Adelaide Fringe at the moment called uh, uh, More Unsolved. So if you uh, if you want to go check that out, just a little bit of a plug there for a good mate of mine who's you know stepped up to help the page uh, to the podcast out. So I thought I'd just give him a plug back. An unbiased review is actually quite good, yeah, so I'd get along and watch him. 
Now, on to our listener tweets. Heffy, our first one is from at Henry Katz. I was going to take Hall for my last keeper spot, but I'm a bit scared after the potential injury. Out of these players, is he still the best? So he's got Aaron Hall, Tom Libertore, Chet Anderson, Adam Saad, David Zaharakis, Bailey Fritch, Sean Burgoyne, um, Cam Ellis, David Armitage and Matty DeBoer. Yeah, with Hall, um, I think at his best, he's probably the best out of that list. But that said, with the injuries, um, you know, don't know if we can trust him. So looking at that list you've just said, after the weekend, and this doesn't really help the injury situation, but I really mm. like look at Tom Libertore. Yeah. Um, and I think he probably is going to... I think he's more important to Western Bulldogs side than Hall is to North, I think, at the moment. Um, so he'd be someone I think is going to get a lot of pill and do a lot of the heavy lifting there. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, how bad's Hall's injury? Uh, it's not too bad. I think it's yeah. only I think it was only medial, I think it was. So I don't think it's gonna be I think he might even play around one, but I just don't right. trust his body. Yep. But that said, do we trust Libertores either? It's true. Um, so and, who's your safer option then? Oh sorry, but and just going back, Hall's mm. season last season wasn't that great. And when mm. Libba does play, at least you can you can't guarantee that eighty at least. Yeah, but Libba's never really set the world on fire, that's the other thing. Is that that one of- where he went close to hundred and that's about yep. it? But uh, for me, though, I think Fritch uh, out of that list, I mm. really like the look of Fritch this mm. season. Um, and there is a f- quite a bit of potential on there, but he's the mm. one who stands out after the weekend. I just think that halfback role suits him to a T, and I think he's going to be a good scorer this year. Well, I agree with both of those, but I also want to throw in David Zaharakis. Yep. Now, he's pretty consistent. He might never get you that 100-plus average, yeah. or but he's always that mid who's going to get you pretty close to 90, you know, that 90 to 100 mark. Yeah. Very consistent, best 22, and he's not really that old either. So. I put him in the same kind of category as like your Liam Shields and your Ollie Wines and that. They're kind of those mid-90s players that'll get that most weeks and be pretty handy in your side. Some real nice lock and load styles. Yeah. Our next question is from Mitchell Bagley 3. His question is, would you trade Seb Ross and Adelaide Tom Lynch plus a late draft pick for Braden Fiorini and Brandon Parfit and an early draft pick? So team one's a little bit older and better than team two. Um, oh, this is bias. Oh, I'm just so in love with Seb Boss. <laughs> I couldn't actually get rid of him at all. So I don't know if I can actually answer this one. So Case, you might have a more sensible answer for that one. Um, look, you've got to... Fiorini looked pretty good on the weekend, I won't lie, and Parfit is going to be one who's going to be a serious player. Seb Ross is still pretty young, and he's an actual um, dominating midfield, like, midfielder. He's an absolute star. And Tommy Lynch is just one of those genuinely consistent 80-ish average um, forwards who are quite handy. So, oh, it's tough. I'd, I'd be more than happy to to stake my, my life in Seb Ross being a very consistently yeah. high scorer for many years. Yep. Whereas Fiorini is, yes, he's got some poten- untapped potential. There's that uncertainty about him. And Parfit v Lynch is, geez, it's a tough one. But uh, I'd go Seb Ross. We're going to have weeks where I think Gold Coast as a team don't touch the ball. Now, that's probably a bit outrageous, but... <laughs> Another big call. I think he's he might battle in some weeks where I think Seb Ross, Seb Boss, sorry, uh, is not far off becoming... This is going to be a, this is a big call, but could be a top ten midfielder. Um, yeah, yeah. Like my I mean, maybe even this season. That's how far I'm going. He he can, he can seriously rack him up. Yeah. Next question is from at DJ Quinlan seventy five. We have a very deep dynasty league. Uh, Thirty five retained, sixteen teams with an eight six two eight formation. So the pool is Sire, Leanit, O'Rourdon, and obviously the draftees this year. Where do they sit amongst the draftees? And with uh, 32 players, what rucks are good stashes for this season? First of all, that is a very tricky, tricky question. Secondly, that is a brutal league. <laughs> yeah. 35 retained, 8, 6, 2, 8. Mm. Wow. We. So, that, is that, they mean more forwards. 16 teams and you've got two ruckmen. And they, are they saying more defenders 
and forwards than midfielders. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is brutal. Yeah. Why do you guys do that to yourselves? I don't know. Um, okay, this is tricky. Uh, so let's have a look. Walsh is ahead of uh, Sire for me. Yep. Um, but then I think I would be happy to take him after Walsh out of the draftees. Sire was our number two draft pick this year. Yeah, in so. the, And him me in the pool and obviously our draftees in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think. I would probably take Smith before I'd take Lena. There's quite a few. Um, I can't really go specific because I, I just can't think of all the draftees off the top of my head. I'd take Haley definitely. Yeah. A few of those. And you're now probably Coldwell ahead of him too. Um, I just want to throw my boy in there again. Uh, but uh, yeah. Lean it would be those other two later on. Like so, I guess you're probably only gonna have three rounds of uh, drafting, three or four rounds of drafting if you've only got the rookies and leftovers. Um, yeah, so I would be taking them probably third, fourth round, and that's where I'd be looking to take those guys. Mm. Yeah, I, I think Walsh is clear number one um, in most redrafts. Yeah, uh, keeper redrafts this year. Yeah, so size to get out of there. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Ruck stasher. Uh, Kieran Briggs for me yeah. um, I think I've, I, Again I picked him up I don't mean to be keep talking about my players It's just that I picked up All just young players this year yeah. to- and, and before the weekend I'd say Darcy Fort But he just yeah. looked a bit out of sorts I, yeah, I'm happy to give him another week I'm not writing him off just yet And Ryan Abbott and Zach Clark Are still not uh, close to playing So I yeah. think Fort will definitely be playing From the get go yeah. um, Potentially if um, You know Boyd's out injured at the dogs English and all that aren't going that well. Could Jordan Sweet be a real, real stash? Yeah, it could be actually. Yeah, I didn't even think of that one. Good one. Um, next question at Big Eighty Eight. Who do you see as the better dynasty keeper, Jack Lacocious, Isaac Rankin, or Nick Blakey? Uh, for me, I would rank them in the order of Rankin, uh, just because I think he's got more chance of going to the midfield eventually. Um, then I'd go Lacocious, just because he's probably a little bit more athletic and. Uh, more of that buddy type mm-hmm. whereas Blakely Blakey sorry is uh, quite uh, similar um, but I think he just looks a little bit slower um, I, don't th- I think he's still going to be very good but uh, yeah that's just the th- and so I think he'd be more of your stay at home forward eventually so that's yeah. just the way I'd go it's very very hard to see at the moment yeah. because um, they're going to take probably three years before any of them become super fantasy relevant I yeah. think I'd just go with I'm actually going to go with Lukosius first I think that okay. he's got such a good tank and um, he can get up and down the ground I think he might be one of those Nick Rewalt hybrid players I've never seen a draftee this tall be such a good user of the ball mm. yeah so yeah. I think he could be decent um, and he's also got how many players is too many players from the same team on your list so he's got 44 players um, yeah. on each list do you ever do you ever think about this obviously you have at yeah. least <laughs> a quarter of your team as port players so it's probably the wrong person to ask so I'm just thinking out of the, the flag winning team I had I think six, five or six port players, and I think at one mm-hmm. point I've had eight on my list. So I won a flag, I think, with six port players on my list. Which um, is amazing. So that's as far as I would go because <laughs> I've been trying to just slowly decrease my port quota yeah. for the last few years, and then I picked up Dersmar this year, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. Well, obviously, you wouldn't be playing in um, buy rounds, surely. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought, but I don't know. I, to be honest, it doesn't really bother me too much I don't I don't think you'd want 10 or something like that of a one team or you know I'd try if I was thinking about it rationally I'd say about six would be your max yeah yeah um, I'm saying and the last question is from at AFL Blues did Grundy get out of first gear on the weekend nah nah still coming back from that foot so yeah he's a I scoring think he's, beast and yeah. if you're starting up a keeper league I've got no issues taking him do not stress round, about Brady one just at, chill you know, oh, sorry pick one yeah there's bigger things to worry about <laughs> it's in and, English and most important <laughs> I'm not I'm just I'm not thinking about that just got yet got him no. and uh, most importantly the last question of the night from AFL Blue is probably more important than the Grundy question 
Do you pour cereal in the bowl first or milk? Well, I'm one of those intermittent faster types who doesn't eat breakfast, so I'm probably the worst person to ask. What about you, Kays? Um, As an occasional cereal eater, I think you have to be crazy to put your milk in first. You definitely have to have the cereal in there and then judge. You know, it's very hard to judge the other way around. You want the the optimum amount of crunch, I think. Exactly. Other way around, it just gets too messy. So Very hard. um, Definitely cereal first all right that wraps it up for another week hopefully we didn't uh waffle on uh too much and we made some sense in this podcast uh just before we go be sure to uh, hit up our website uh, www.keeperleaguepod.com.au the, over the weekend we posted all the adjusted time on ground scores uh so what that basically means is we worked out how much time the uh the player spent on the ground worked out what they scored worked out their points per minute and then kind of multiplied that by 120 there was a bit of a bit of i guess uproar that we were doing that but the point is it's not meant to be a projection of their scores it's meant to be a comparison tool so you can compare everyone on a playing on a playing field if they were to play 100 percent game time field, yeah. how their scoring goes we're not saying this is what they're actually going to score no. um, we're saying just use it as a comparison tool to see how they're going against yep. some of the better players so there's that we've got a few more articles coming out this week we've got our um pro keeper league draft happening tonight uh, with a few other podcasters around there which we'll hopefully use as a tool um, that you guys can follow for your, you know, startup keeper leagues yep. throughout this season. So, sort of like a mock draft, except we'll actually play it, but it gives you something that we can actually look at as a guide. Yeah, and see who drafts well, aka me, <laughs> and see who crumbles under pressure. I've had no, I'm gonna have no beers tonight, so I might go alright. Jeez, this is bad for me. <laughs> He's gonna- He's drafting sober. Someone bring some beers around for Hef. <laughs> <laughs> alright, thanks, uh, listeners, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. <laughs>